0: Hey, everybody. This is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now, and on Instagram at Douglas David Robertson. It is Sunday, July 25th, and on Saturday, July 24th, Atlanta United was beaten 1-0 by Columbus at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in front of an announced attendance of uh, 67,507. And we can get to that a little bit later. Uh, Columbus's goal was scored by Minsa in the 65th minute off of a uh, well-taken corner kick play, a play that Atlanta United studied and knew about uh, but was still uh, beaten. It was a nice little uh, corner kick to the front post uh, where Hairston um, headed it back across goal to Minsa. There were two actually Columbus players there ready to head it into the back post. There really wasn't anything that Alec Kahn could do about it. It was just a a breakdown in marking, it looks like. Um, Atlanta United now is winless in its past 10 games. Um, It has scored just 14 goals in 15 games and then shut out in 6 games, I believe. It is 6 points behind the 7th place team in the MLS East, which is the final playoff spot. There's still, what, 19 games remaining But the gap is getting bigger and bigger between Atlanta United and the 7th place team, currently NYCFC, which plays today. Uh, I think it should be a little bit worrying to Atlanta United. They don't seem to be too worried about it yet. Um, But that really sums up yesterday's game. Some good performances by Alan Franco again. I thought at center back Marcelino Moreno with another good game uh, as an attacking midfielder. Jake Mulraney had to leave the game with an injury uh, to his foot, but uh, interim manager Rob Valentino said afterwards he hopes he can return to training soon. Um, those were some of the highlights. Um, so let's get into your questions really quick because I think that's probably what y'all are listening more for, and that's fine by me. Uh, we're going to start with Andy saying, what do you think the time frame and coach might be made? This He's talking about the team's next coach. Uh, I think it'll it'll be relatively soon. The team, I think, would like to get them in before all these guys return from international call-ups, talking about Brad Luzan, Miles Robinson, George Bellow, and Ezequiel Barco. Um, the sooner you can get them in, the sooner they can start working with what they've got and try to get more points, um, as I talked about, to try to climb back up the table. As for who it is... If you'll go to transfermarket.us, you can look at available managers, and it is a long and storied list of guys who are uh, looking for jobs or at least unemployed. Some of them might not be looking for jobs for all I know. Uh, I still love the idea of Eddie Howe, formerly of Bournemouth. A lot of y'all keep saying, well, he's waiting on a better Premier League job. There's been quite a few Premier League jobs that have popped open, and he hasn't gotten any of them. Uh, he might be willing to come to Major League Soccer. I think he would work well with the talent on hand. Uh, I think he would fit in well at Atlanta United, uh, from what I've known and research about him, uh, but we'll see. Uh, let's go on to the next question here. We'll take a quick coffee sip, and there's a question about that later. Travis asks, one thing I said yesterday is that we are simply lacking in quality. We are playing harder and better but it really is slow showing where the talent is not where it needs to be. The fine line for a guy between selling a shot, hitting it off the crossbar, and finding the back of the net is where talent shows up. I think that outside of Joseph and Marino, everybody else in the attack is replaceable at this point. They need to be upgraded. Do you agree with this? I don't know about that. Um, the team, I just wrote this. You can find it on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. The team still only has one bona fide goal scorer in Joseph Martinez, uh, and that is a wart in the roster construction uh, by Carlos Bocanegra. If Joseph doesn't score, this team likely isn't going to get a result, either a draw or a win. Joseph's still finding his way back. But I do think that you're starting to see under Valentino the idea behind this roster construction, which is attacking soccer. Uh, the team tied a season high in chances created yesterday with nine. This is a game after setting season highs for shots and shots on goal against Cincinnati. So I, I do think there's talent here. I think that some guys are being forced to play who probably weren't in the plans for these many minutes before the season. Talking about Machol, for example, uh, Jackson Conway, uh, Tyler Wolf. Uh, some of these guys, and I think they're going to end up being good players, but right now they're having to learn on the job, and that's just tough for everybody. Um, I think Brooks Lennon and George Bello, when Bellow comes back, are, are going to really thrive in the system. Ronald Hernandez scored against Cincinnati off an assist from Lennon. Um, a lot of it is just confidence, and the confidence is going to come when the team starts to get results, and then it starts to feed on itself. But right now, the team has just got to get results. Its next game is Friday at Orlando in a huge, huge game for Atlanta United. Matt asks, does the, does the club really think anyone buys that attendance number? Nope, I don't. Uh, but every sporting club in North America uses announced attendance. Announced attendance is tickets sold and distributed. We go through this every year uh, when attendance figures pop up. Um, it's really just more of a talking point, I guess, than anything else. But, yeah, there was no way there were 67,507 people in the stadium yesterday, but that's not the number they were given. They weren't giving the actual attendance number. They were given the announced attendance number, which, again, tickets sold and distributed, not people in the seats. To get that, you have to file a FOIA, and the Mercedes-Benz would have to give it to you, and it's very difficult to figure out. There's another guy on our staff whose job that is. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be interested in doing it. It would really only become interesting when it's obvious that there is a giant discrepancy between the people in the stadium and what's being uh, announced as the announced attendance. Uh, Matt's second question is, how does the situation with Boca Negra affect the search for a new manager? Would a potential hire be reluctant to take the job if he doesn't know if his boss will be in charge at the end of the year, potentially to advocate bringing in his own guy? Uh, I don't think there's really... I don't think it matters. Uh, for those who don't know, Boca Negros contract reportedly ends, uh, I think it's uh, March of next year. I wouldn't be surprised if Atlanta United doesn't hold options or mutual options on the contract. Um, if Atlanta United doesn't make the playoffs, it's going to be interesting to see what Darren Eels does because he's obviously shown a very short leash when he doesn't think there's positive momentum with the club. And, and you could argue right now there's not positive momentum with the club. But I don't think a new manager is going to be tied to a sporting director. Um, I think the idea would be if a new manager is hired now and Negro were to not come back, that Eels and the new manager would have a conversation about that. And Eels and the sport, whoever it would be the next sporting director would have a conversation about that. Uh, so I don't think it's that big of a deal in this case. Another coffee break super quick. And on an aside, I hope y'all are enjoying the Olympics. Um, I'm enjoying it so far. It's fun to watch some of these sports that you don't get to see too often. Uh, Adam asks, uh, Jurgen Dom looks skittish today and reluctant to take on defenders. He even appeared to kill a, couple of, kill a couple of attacks by holding up play. Was this just rust and lack of fitness? Um, to me, Jurgen Dom always looks skittish, and I guess just because it's, he's so quick, I've said this many times, it often looks like his brain and his legs just aren't syncing up. Uh, and then he loses the ball or, or he kicks out of bounds or, or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think yesterday it was just rust and lack of fitness. It was his first minutes in, uh, more than a month, I think. He came on as a sub earlier this season, and that was following a long, uh, injury layoff before that. So really, he's only played twice in the past two months. Um, And the the holding up play is still, to me, a big issue with Atlanta United's attack. You watch Columbus, and you see them do a lot of one-touch passing, and when you do that, it just opens up so much space and gives the attacking player a little bit of time because the defender's having to think and then move. Too often Atlanta United still gets the ball and just stands on it. And when you do that, that gives the defense all the time it needs to get set up to figure out who... Each player is marking, and it becomes that much harder to score. I got to think that that's going to be Valentino's task this week: is getting the guys to move the ball faster. And that was a big thing under Frank too, is the players just would get on the ball and stand on it instead of moving the ball. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, Adam's second question: It seems the defense needs a vocal leader among the field players, someone to truly direct traffic. It appears that Walks is more talkative than Robinson but Miles and Franco are the better players. Is this a fair assessment, and if so, can Franco grow into the role of a leader? I think Robinson really should take that mantle. He's just got to do it. Um, he's always comes across as a pretty quiet guy, but you're starting to see him maybe kind of come out of the shell a little bit. He's doing more media interviews. He did, did doing the TV commercial. I think you're going to see... You know, him starting to take that role, he's he's such a gifted defender. Um, I don't know how long he's going to be with Atlanta United, uh, but we'll see. Our old friend Fong asks, is the old Frank DeBoer problem of getting exposed on counterattacks back? I, I, y'all love to blame everything on Frank. If you remember, it was a problem under Tata, too. The difference was Parkhurst and Leandro Gonzalez-Perez were often back there to snuff out those attacks, or Lornowitz and Carmona, whomever it was. Um, you know, Atlanta United had some issues yesterday with counterattacks, but they were able to snuff them all out, and that was what was happening under Martino. A lot of times it was the defenders winning those one-on-one battles. So this wasn't just a Frank problem. This happened under Martino, too. Uh, Fong continued. There was only one defender back, and we got lucky that Hurtado missed that chance. Yep, um, but it happens in the game. The other teams trying to win, too. Joshua asks, thoughts on starting Huzetu over Sadich on Saturday? Seems like Sadich offers more dynamic passing than Huzetu could use a year with the United 2 So that was the only quibble I had with starting 11. You know, uh, I thought Huzetu played well yesterday, uh, in his first start. I do agree with you that, uh, I think Sadich might be the more aggressive passer than Huzetu, but I don't know what Huzetu's task was yesterday. Um, We did – I did ask um, Valentino about how he thought Huzetu played yesterday, and I'll read some of what he said to you if you didn't see it. I also tweeted out – or put all these quotes in a document and put them on our CMS and tweeted it out uh, yesterday. Um, And Huzetu, he said, I thought he did pretty well. The first half he was able to get on the ball. There were certain spaces I thought he could attack a little bit more. He's a good technical player. Obviously, for me, putting a player out like that, the tough one was leaving Amar out because Amar, I think, has been fantastic since he's come to the club. Um, he thought that Ruzetu had some pace and aggressiveness to go forward. And that's really the problem with Rosetu even going back to last year. He usually plays things very, very safe. Uh, that's why he had no assists last year, and his expected assist total was microscopic. Um So we'll see. I mean, he's got a chance to be coached up, and I'm sure he wants to play, so he's going to take coaching, so we'll see. And Joshua continues, have I had any coffee sponsorship offers? Yes. I listen to podcasts nonstop. I've never heard someone call attention to his beverage consumption so conspicuously. I don't think that was the right word. So I assume you have a money-making angle. No, I would get fired for that, actually. It's more that I get tired of talking and hearing myself talk, so I take a coffee break just to kind of gather my thoughts again, which I'm going to do right now. All right, let's go on to the next one. Nick asks, I feel like Atlanta played well today and has looked better, yet we just don't have the quality roster we used to, and that's why we can't win games. Do you think that's it, or is there more to have hope for? I think there is quality on the roster. Uh, I think that, as I said before, the team just needs some results, and with results comes confidence, and with confidence comes results. It's a cyclical thing. Um, It is playing better, but, yet it still only scored one goal in the past two games. Victim of some great goalkeeping in the past two games. Uh, victim of some bad luck and victim of some bad choices. It all comes together. Uh, also, my dad and I are traveling to Orlando next week. Any restaurant recommendations? Uh, there's a fantastic place in Celebration, a Cuban place called, uh, I always get this wrong, Columbia's or Columbo's, uh, which I thoroughly love. Every time I go to Orlando, I try to go there uh, to get the steak Piamino or Piamino, I think it is. Um, anyway, I would recommend that, I have no idea if it's still open post-COVID, but I hope you can go there Uh, there's also some great places in the Winter Haven portion of Orlando a great Italian place down there Um, so if you look up Italian places in Winter Haven uh, I think it's Winter Haven, uh, you should be able to find it Um, and if not, my friend Gary Levitt you can find him on Twitter at G Levitt. lives down there, reach out to him He's got lots of great recommendations for you. Uh, Pat asks, "Will Atlanta buy Almeida, and where does he fit in? Can he score goals?" This one is uh, this one is going to be interesting and tough, uh, and I'm just going to go ahead um, and, and get this out there. So in February, Almeida apparently was accused of uh, a crime. Um, If you look up his name in in, uh, Assault on Google, you'll see it. However, I can't find any examples that he was actually charged. I can't find any examples that he was found guilty or not guilty. I don't know how the court systems in Argentina work. So I hope that this – well, don't hope – But I don't know what's going on with that situation. I would say that if it has not been resolved uh, in his favor for Atlanta United to consider signing him, the optics are not great. Uh, I know he's a talented player, and I know Atlanta United needs talent. But to me, they've got to make sure that this court case has been resolved. Uh, If there's even a court case. Again, it's very, very murky looking it up. but There are numerous examples of outlets writing about it. Um, He's a very talented player. I think he could probably help Atlanta United. To me, he looks like kind of a Barco 2.0, and we all know how Barco 1.0 has worked with Atlanta United, but he has a a better record, a more bona fide record of goal scoring and creating chances than Barco when he was signed. Uh, So we're just going to have to see what happens. The um, transfer window closes soon. Atlanta United has said, Eels has said a couple of times, they're going to sign a, a starting player. And this guy can play anywhere across the, the middle three uh, or even uh, as a striker. Uh, so we'll see what happens. All right. I don't have any more questions, I don't think, but I'm going to look real quick. And nope, I don't see any more questions. So we're going to wrap up this edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. I actually I, I want to again thank you all for your excellent questions and for taking the time to listen. It's doing really well. Uh, the numbers. Um, Atlanta United, one losers to Columbus on Saturday at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Their next game is Friday at Orlando. I hope you'll consider uh, reading all my coverage during the week and listening to the podcast, and I will talk to you all later.